Hello, everyone. Welcome to Weekday Devotion. This is Pastor Daniel. And today we're going to be continuing in Daniel chapter 9. And we're going to be picking up with verse 16 and going through verse 19. So in the last couple of days, we've been looking at this chapter 9, looking at context and how we're in about 539 B.C. Darius, who is the, the first Persian king or emperor to rule over God's people, uh, is in, is in, he's in position and Daniel's in his eighties and things are about to change as Daniel recognizes through reading the, the word of God through the prophet Jeremiah that this exile is about to come to an end. And so we saw yesterday that Daniel then turns to pray and in his prayer, he's confessing the sin of his people and how they've rebelled against God and neglected God uh, and just crying out to God. Well, today we're going to finish up Daniel's prayer and see how he finishes his prayer and see where we go from there. Let's read together verses 16 through 19. O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy hill, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now, therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Well, Daniel here um, does something that is so theologically profound and just gripping. He he gets the gospel. Daniel gets that God owes us nothing. And so Daniel is, is desperate for God to move. He's desperate for God to act as he knows the exile is about to come to an end and his people are about to be able to return. He knows they're going to be returning to, to rubble. There is no temple anymore. There's no sanctuary. There's no wall. There's no palace. There's no buildings. There's no houses. It's all just a wasteland after 70 years of being destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar and just lying desolate. Uh, yeah, Jeremiah was there for a while with a remnant, but they weren't able to rebuild. And now what once was the holy city of God now becomes, Daniel uses the word, it's a byword. You know, people would make fun of God's people because of what happened and therefore perhaps even say negative things about God. So Daniel appeals to God, not based on any merit Daniel has, not based on any merit that God's people had, but he appeals to God based on God, based on his glory, based on his name, his, his reputation. And so Daniel is crying out to God, God, salvage your name. This is about your name because your name is on Jerusalem. It was your holy city. Your name is on your people. You chose them. You are their God. So God, redeem in the eyes of the world, redeem the glory of your name. So he appeals to God based on God. You know, it's a pretty well-known fact that the first few lines of the Westminster Confession, which is held today by many Baptists, a lot of Presbyterians, but um, the line goes like this. The question is, what is the chief end of man? Meaning, what is our what is our ultimate purpose? And uh, the Westminster Confession Catechism answers that question like this. 
the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And I think that's spot on to the biblical uh, record that our, our first and foremost purpose, the very purpose for which God created you and me, is to bring glory and honor to him. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to glorify God? What does it mean to bring glory to him? You know, it's kind of interesting. We, we read in passages of the Old Testament, uh, like in Second Chronicles, when Solomon builds the temple uh, that would later be destroyed in Daniel's day. But when Solomon first builds that temple and they have the, the gathering of all the, the Jewish people around to, to kind of dedicate the temple to God and they pray. And as Solomon finished up his prayer, the Bible says that the glory of God filled the temple so much so that the priests were not even able to enter it, and everyone was kind of driven to their their face to the ground in, in just humility and prostate and worship. And that word glory that's used there in the Hebrew, uh, is it, it means kind of a, a heaviness, a weightiness. So if we're talking about to bring glory to God, we're to give God a heaviness, a weightiness with our life, meaning that because of how we live our life, that people heavily weigh and consider who God is and what God's like. And it also can be used to bring glory to you, like shine the light on. We we reflect the glory of God. We, we point to God's goodness, his majesty, his power, his love, his mercy in how we live our lives. And so here, Daniel is appealing to God on that very basis. And that is so true. A lot of times we come before God falsely. We come before God like, God, please help me in this situation. God, I've tried my best. I've, I've, I've tried to be a good husband or try to be a good dad. I've tried to be a good church member. You know, I've tried to be a good pastor or whatever. Substitute those terms in there. But sometimes we, we come to God based on faulty bases. We have in and of ourselves no basis to come before God. We are sinners. Uh, the Bible even says that before we're saved, we're at enmity with God. We're God's enemies but God still loves us anyway. So everything we have, everything we pray for should not be on the basis of anything we've done or anything we deserve. Trust me, we don't want what we deserve. We deserve everlasting condemnation. I know that's a a pretty common conversation in my household with my kids because a lot of times we'll hear, Dad, that's not fair. And my response to them usually is, believe me, you don't want fair. Um, And that's true for us too. We, We really don't want fair we want mercy. We want grace. But we don't get that coming to God on our own basis. That's true to our very salvation. Come before God, asking for the forgiveness of sins, everlasting life, being filled with the Spirit, adopted into His family. None of that can happen on any basis that we have or we possess. It is purely on the sovereign grace and goodness and mercy of God. So when you pray, Don't pray as if you deserve God to answer any prayer that you pray based on your merit. Pray based on who God is. Pray based on the name and the glory of God. Because if his glory is at stake, he's going to act because God is very passionate about his glory. I pray you walk tightly with Jesus today. I'll talk to you tomorrow.